When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the PHNX Sun Devils live show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download today using code promo code PHNX. Get $200 in free bets when you place $5 or more on any NFL team to win their game, and they do that. You get $200 in free bets. It's Tuesday, and I'm here with Brittany Boyer as always. What is good? What's up? What's up? Just uh, resharing our tweet, letting the good people know to tune in and join Mm -hmm. us now. Because it's uh, time to get rolling here. So, you know, happy Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, No media availability yet because it's a bye week. Um, A little bit of a weird week in terms of ASU practice. So normally they have Herm Edwards come do his media, um, whatever media he's going to do on Monday. And that's the only time he's available. And then Tuesday they give you um, a coordinator and some players a lot of times. And then Wednesday they give you somebody else. And then Thursday is normally closed. So this week we had no practice Monday or Tuesday to attend. Uh, Wednesday they're opening things up, allowing us to watch, I want to say, 20 minutes of it. But there is a part they're asking us to not record. Um, And then there are interviews with one coordinator. They have not uh, determined if it's going to be Zach Hill or uh, Antonio Pierce. And, you know, sometimes they give you graduate assistants or Mm -hmm. a different positions coach. Um, So we'll see. So we'll have some stuff for you when we tune back in uh, to do visual, the live show on Friday. But yeah, right now, it's been kind of a slow week for ASU, which is, I think... Needed. Yeah, they need a minute to regroup, reset. My brain needs a minute to regroup, reset. I was telling our producer, Leah, earlier today that I need to hard reset and format my brain like an SD card. Um, It's been quite the weekend um, in terms of football, um, all around football, football. Heavily betting on the DraftKings Sportsbook app didn't help my mental health. <laughs> um, but yeah, the it, it comes at a good time, as we mentioned yesterday. Mm-hmm. The bye week is needed, but at the same time, they need to capitalize on this kind of therapeutic period of time where they can just kind of relax, try to figure some stuff out. Yeah, um, it's a good time to get healthy, um, get <clears throat> healed up. Uh mentally mm-hmm. regroup and I think maybe it will be good for them to watch things from the outside looking in for a week um, to really truly drive home the fact that no one really can beat Arizona State except Arizona State themselves yeah for sure the uh, the, the 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 biggest thing for me that I would like to see if I was a coach which I'm not I mean goddamn, I'd be a bad coach but from a standpoint of getting the team together, I, I, I would hope, I'm, I'm sure there's something in place, but Saturday, college football Saturday, everybody get together, watch those Pac-12 games, um, see what the other teams are doing and try to scheme planning moving forward. I know there's film and all that, but um, more of less of film study and prepping for your opponents, more of being with the guys and, you know, kind of getting that camaraderie and, helping this team grow off the field because, boy, I think they need that. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Well, it's not just Arizona State who is, you know, having a little bit of a weird year. And I say weird year because for Arizona State, it's almost like deja vu. They've been here before, and they are right back in the the same situation they've been in. But um, across all of the Pac-12, it's absolutely insane, which is why today's main topic of the day is going to be 
the state of the conference. So, you know, I feel like every presidency, however often they do a state of the union address. Yeah, well, see, I don't even know. I'm not super political. I just, I used to work at iHeartRadio and I used to have to like write updates and I hate politics. I don't like to follow them, but I know they have something like that. So this is one of the only comparisons I can make. Well, so- I'm glad you hate politics because we have a political stance. The first thing we're talking about, Washington State, we're not going to get into that yeah, much. I, I just we're just going to talk about all of the, the craziness and the changes that yeah. have happened. So let's let's stay away from po- politics aside. Um, yeah, let's just give you the X's and O's of coaching. Um, Nick Rolovich is out. Yeah. Washington State. Uh, I, I thought this would have happened earlier in the year with the turmoil and a lot of what was being talked yeah. about. Um, even after after a win, too, it's kind of strange. I thought, yeah, I feel like the whole timing of this is weird. I get it. They have uh, their their ca- whatever with their mandates for vaccinations. Yeah. And that was why he decided uh, he was not going to get it. And the school decided to terminate him with cause. Now, whether you do or don't agree with that is um, a different story. But Here's why it's interesting is because now they are the second team in the Pac-12 that is going to be having an interim coach for the rest of the season. USC being the first, we'll get to USC yeah. next. I, I like I like uh, uh, Jake Dickert, uh, Wyoming's old defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wyoming's uh, one of those schools that kind of always flies under the radar. Um, he, he did pretty well there. Um, he was a graduate assistant 14 years ago at a D3 school and kind of worked his way up. So it's a cool story. Um, really Washington State, I, like I would say. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's super on par for their program to have a guy like this that um, you know, is is a student of the game and, and has came through. He, he's, he's, a player's, he's a player's coach, and um, he, he coached at North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it, 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 it's interesting. I, I like this. So I like what – um, could be seen. I wouldn't be super surprised if he stayed there past this interim uh, stint. I think if he does well, they could keep him in that position. Uh, I do think it's inter- or, uh, important to also note that not only were the Cougars or are the Cougars now going to have to deal with, uh, you know, the transition from one coach to a different head coach. I mean, <clears throat> even if he ends up sticking around, it's still hard to have a change midseason. Um, it's a lot, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to deal with, to adjust to. But uh Washington State was already dealing with some issues before that because uh, they had a shooting that took place the same weekend that Utah lost Aaron Lowe. Uh, wide receiver Brandon Gray, uh, 22 years old, was shot at a house party. He and one other person, the other person was not a student at Washington State and did unfortunately end up passing away. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they were able to airlift Gray to a hospital um, somewhere a little bit outside of Spokane, I believe, and that was why he was able to make it. So that before they fired their coach, they were dealing with the loss of a teammate, and before that, they already were off to a really weird start to the year. You know, I felt like they kind of didn't know what their own identity yeah. was. So I feel like this Washington State team is really, really kind of just... Uh, In purgatory almost. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a rough place to be. I mean, honestly, let's let's be honest. They they found their identity, which they hadn't had since like, <clears throat> excuse me, since like the Drew Bledsoe era of Washington State. And Mike Leach came in, and, mm-hmm. and even though they weren't a super competitive, like, or they were competitive in the Pac-12, but they weren't a a, a top ten team by any means. Um, but they had an identity. You know, they were this, they had an identity. They were this crazy air raid offense that. And they were exciting. Yeah. Exactly. They had the personality to go with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean Mike Leach is fantastic. And so it was it was captivating when yeah, he was there. That was sure. a big part of what I feel like the Washington State um you know what their identity was um was kind of just the players like Gardner Minshew that were there yeah. with him and, and they got to express themselves and be crazy and be wild. You got to see, you know, some of the the wild things that would go on in Spokane at night, like even if it was a Pac-12 after dart game, like, you know, Spokane's a little bit of a nutty place. So um, I think that was the first big blow. Um, I don't necessarily think Rolovich was the the right person from the job to begin with. So to have him go there and then they only keep him 11 games, hired in 2020, and then they end up transitioning to Jake Dickert. I don't know. It's yeah. just I feel like Washington um, State's got a long Spokane's way to go. a weird go. place, but that's, that's Gonzaga. It's Pullman is where Washington State is. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, the Pullman is, is equally as weird. It's, it's kind of uh, in the middle. It's close to Canada. Um, it's close to Idaho. Um, so you get that. But the, as, to your point, um, going from such a big personality in Mike Leach to essentially 
uh, somebody that is causing drama for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. is is really polarizing for this team. Yes. So th- that that's where I think it, it normally you don't need a huge personality to lead your team to be successful. Um, and that's not why Washington State wasn't successful. It's because it, the only reason why this is being put under put under a microscope is because of the fact that they're transitioning from Mike Leach to basically now an interim guy. Um, so it'll be a fun thing to watch out for. Um, yeah. And I, I'm excited to see what Dicker can do because especially going from a, that to a defensive-minded coach now, it's strange. Well, we also mentioned USC was mm-hmm. the first one to part ways with their coach, got rid of Clay Helton. But now the interesting thing about this is the next two opponents that Arizona State's going to face are both going to be coached by interim head coaches. Mm-hmm. So now you also have to factor into whatever conversation that you have. Are people going to now also be talking about, okay, well, Arizona State only won because those two teams only had yeah. um, their interim head coach or they're not the same strength of team that they were expected to be. I just feel like it, it all factors into the conversation, and especially when it comes down to uh, being at a higher level and making those decisions of what where teams end up uh you know, where they go to bowl games at or, or who you start mm-hmm. looking at for um, certain end-of-the-year awards. Um, I, I think it, it makes a difference, yeah. um, especially when you think that a certain team hasn't performed well or the only reason why they did perform well was because of X, Y, and Z with these other varying factors. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, for one, it's very interesting that USC decided to wait to fire Clay Helton until after the season started yeah, like, they almost kind of you almost kind of saw it coming. Like they, they they know they've known for a long time that they really didn't want to keep him. The fan base has been, I mean, pushing for him to get fired since I want to say after the 2018 season. Mm-hmm. It's been for quite a while that they've wanted him gone. Um, and, and and so then you wait until you're three games into the year, and you're just like, okay, well now we're gonna get rid of you. We're not yeah. gonna wait till it's later and like maybe let you know on the low. Like no, we're gonna get rid of you. It's just, it's a lot. And then they named Dante Williams the interim head coach, which it's not like Dante Williams doesn't have experience with the university. Well, he, he, he's a fun story, too, because he's a hometown guy. He, he is, went to high he school is. really close by USC. Um, but the, but it's not just the coaching thing that's going on. I mean, you got the weird Keaton Slovis uh, quarterback uh, yeah. battle. That's um, an where interesting he just thing. Looked bizarre. Jackson Dart's breathing down his neck, and so I mean, let's get into that a yeah. little bit too. What do you think is going to happen between Keaton Slovis and Jackson Dart? Because you know Keaton Slovis essentially got Keaton Slovis by Jackson Dart. I mean, this is at a, their game. Yeah, Ke- but, Keaton Slovis was a guy at the start of the year where he was on the Heisman watch. He like, was, genuinely. and that was why JT Daniels yeah. ended up leaving and going to Georgia. Yeah, exactly. It's so, it, it's strange. It's it's very interesting in terms of what I think they're going to do and who ends up getting the starting position. I think it's going to be a battle that they're going to keep very quiet mm-hmm. until pretty much the start of next season to try to avoid either one of them from transferring. Unless one of them clearly knows that they're not the front runner and it's like an obvious difference and they decide to enter the transfer portal. And I, I'm very interested to see um, how it plays out and who they think it might end up being. But I'm I almost would argue to say that it's going to be Keaton Slovis. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he's the more talented guy. There's just been some weird stuff. Um, I don't know who knows if it's mental. Nobody knows except for him. Um, Scottsdale, uh, born and raised mm-hmm. here. Desert Mountain. My high school. Um, I, I didn't want to say it. I wanted you to bring it up, so thank you. Uh, I, well, I watched him play in yeah, high school. Yeah, he, was he was really, really, really good, good to watch. Um, and then the thing, that, the thing that kind of irks me about this whole situation is I'm such a big Drake London guy. I mean, that guy... He's a he's a Sunday player. He's going to be in the NFL, um, and and it feel it almost feels like it's it's being wasted a little bit. You see some great catches, a uh, game winner, and all that. But I I love his passion and how he plays the game. He's big bodied receiver that just reminds me a lot of when um uh who was it that I'll, I'll look it up. But he 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 busted in the NFL. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think no, I Drake think London's going to be really good. good but but yeah. I think I think it's also interesting to note, um, you know, I want to say it was right after the season started, some uh, rumors started flying around. And I say rumors um, because I don't know who it was specifically who made the comment, so I can't attribute it to anybody. But it was... uh, Marquise Lee. That's what I was thinking of. Marquise Lee was there. Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's all good. So, you know, I heard through the grapevine, and I'm sure you did too, that a lot of the USC commits are very overrated and they are like told to be put as five stars in these recruiting services and they're really not at that talent level. And I think that that's a really interesting thing to look at too, especially if that is to ever get out about other kids, maybe kids who end up going to Oregon or, uh, I mean, not that I'm saying they do that, but uh, the other thing I find interesting about it 
is, uh, I, hey, I, low tone components, spilling as much tea as I can because I don't necessarily know who it was that said this. But I did hear that they they try to get the recruiting sites to rank these kids higher, but then they go there, and it's why they end up never really being able to perform anymore. Why? why where's the benefit there? I don't know. Maybe I to, don't to know. I think it's to try recruits. to yes. I like would assume that that's what it is. You try if to get true. kids on the board Take early. Take this with a grain of salt. If it's true, yeah. But that's one of the weird things. If if it is true, then you start looking at okay. Well, then how much does that end up hurting the Pac-12 in the long run? Because you mm. start seeing teams like USC who have all of these high caliber recruits who are supposed to be doing great things on the field and then year after year they fail to produce yeah you know it's yeah the, the whole situation is a little murky um nobody knows what's truly going on there um but usc isn't usc anymore and that, no. that that's one thing for sure another thing that's for sure is uh cameron rising should have been the starter from day one he should have um over Side Charlie note, Brewer. Yeah. I remember why I kept saying Tyson Rising yesterday. Tyson Rising used to play for ASU, I want to say, until 2019. Uh, okay. And so that's why I kept saying Tyson Rising, and it, it, it yeah. wasn't, yeah. But well, Cameron you, Rising should have been the yeah. starter for U, uh, Utah. This You're not just, wrong. This is just a little strange that Charlie Brewer just straight up quit to me because yeah. if he was a lights-out guy at Baylor, sure, 100%, I, I, I can get that. I can get why, you know, you, you come into a school that, you know, normally isn't held to a, as high of a standard as a, uh, Big 12 school, even though Big 12 schools are, but uh, it's neither here nor there. Uh, Four-year starter at mm-hmm. Baylor, um, very up and down. First season, he went 1-11. The Baylor team went 1-11. Second year, they went 7-6. Third year was their year that they were very good, and they went 11-3. and mm-hmm. The year before he transferred, last year, 2-7. and seven. I mean, the, you don't have any room to be entitled to a starting job if you can't lead um, – you lead your team uh, that, that's supposed to be good uh, to anything. So, so if you get beat out by Cam Rising, who, you know, the, no, like they had a, a quarterback duel, sure, and, and, I have. and tr- before, but wh- why are you quitting? I mean, especially with a guy like Cam Rising, that guy I puts have his body. Not good things to say right now. But Cameron, and- Cameron, if I'm if I'm Charlie Brewer, and I see that Cameron Rising is beating me out, and and he's going to take that top spot. There is no chance I'm quitting because of how Cameron Rising plays football. He throws his body everywhere. I mean, we saw it against ASU. He mm-hmm. is a a freak. Like he will, he will kind of like Jaden Daniels, but even to a more extent. I get your thought process. So he can go down at any point. So that's why. That's why I'm saying. No, why don't you? Why do you quit? I get it. But here's why. And this is why I say like I have something not good to say because it's not nice. <laughs> but I think Baylor is a university that very much embodies the entitled entitlement aspect or entitlement uh, personality. Uh, and, and I say that because of all of the issues within the athletic department that they've had in years past, mm-hmm. getting their athletes under control with just respecting women. And you can take what I say and, you know, think it's me hating. Mm-hmm. But I think if you honestly look at, you know, just the respect factor of like what kids are doing on and off the field, what they think they can and can't get away with, and the fact that it boiled down to the or boiled down to the administration there, they chose to really not do much about it. Um, and, and you know they're kind of getting off scot free. Then you go to Utah, even though you didn't do well. I think I feel like you still have that entitlement personality or that entitled culture instilled in you. Um, not to mention that Baylor's one of those private Christian schools, and I just feel like it's kind of like TCU. You know, they kind of have the Nose up yeah. or a little bit better yeah. than you type of vibe. And and I mean, hey, I said what I said. I'm not saying it's necessarily the nicest thing, but that's my opinion on, on is the that, factor. Is, and, the, is that Big 12 factor or is that being a school in Texas factor? Um, It's not a Big 12 factor. It's, it's <laughs> honestly just uh, I said what I have to say. And I think it's a uh, yeah, I think it's just the fact that it's a private school. It has that little bit of mm-hmm. the snootiness. Mm-hmm. But then when it's mixed with the fact that they got away with doing so many incredibly fucked up things yeah. to women. That is what pushed me over the edge to the point that I don't mess with Baylor. But yeah. anyways, that's also why I think they're all very yeah. very entitled. So, With all that being said, Cameron Rising, props to you, my man. You are, you've exceeded what Utah fans and what the national media has expected of you. <laughs> I don't think he's a superstar. but He thinks he is. I uh, know. And, and, he is for Utah right now. He, he pulled him out sure. of a slump. Cam Run Rising. Yes, he 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 was he he was awesome. Um, I, I love 
I love quarterbacks that play with that much passion and fire. And he's, he just, he just loves being out there. And as I said, the fact that he lays his body on the line as mm-hmm. a quarterback is, is all, hey, he's sneaky fast. And I'm not saying that cause he's white. That's a, that's a, it's a very normal thing to say when a quarterback is fast and white is that he's sneaky. I don't fast. think it's, it's the way he's built. <laughs> no, it is. That, that that's a very, yeah, but I, I don't think anybody was going to say anything to you. Trust me. I think people would have, um, but it's the way he's built. He, he, he's built like a stocky dude. Uh, maybe it's extra padding. Um, and you don't expect him to be fast, uh, kind of like Russ. Russell Wilson kind of looks like that as well. He he has this like flak jacket on. He's got wide shoulders, um, and he doesn't look like he's super fast, but he's sneaky fast. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what Cameron Rising brings you. Um, also, a, a, a way more impressive arm than what people thought, especially in that game. Uh, he threw some really good passes against ASU. So props to them. I'm excited to see what they can do, but a loss would be nice for this ASU team. Um, yeah. Before we get on to Washington, um, I wanted to talk about – I wanted to clear the air a little bit. I need to be better when I'm betting on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And I'm sorry to anybody I've let down. Um, The picks that I'm making on the bet show Monday through Friday at 12, I've been doing okay. And I put my money where my mouth is last night. But unfortunately, I put it in a parlay and only one of them hit. So I lost that. Um, For anybody that took the Bills money line and and say the Bills shouldn't have gone for it on that fourth and one, you are wrong. The analytics tell you you should. And you follow the analytics blindly to death. Um... So if you want to follow me blindly to death, watch the betting show and download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, it's fun. It's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. It's it's super fun to use. Uh, even if you're just throwing a couple bucks out there, I like it, makes, that transition. It, it makes games way more interesting. Thank you. It makes games way more interesting. I mean, like, let's be honest, guys. Thursday Night Football, Jaguars, Bengals a couple weeks ago. There is no way in hell I'm watching that unless I had money on it. And I had money on it. Why? bad to watch when they got Joe Burrow. They're better this year, but the fact that they're playing Jaguars in general. Um, so yeah, it, it, even if you bet like just $5 on a game, it's fantastic. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, use that promo code PHNX. If you bet just $5 on any NFL team this week to win their game and they win, you get $200 in free bets instantly with promo code PHNX. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official betting sports partner of the NFL. 21 plus Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Um, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Well, you saw how Utah mowed right through Arizona State. And if you'd like to mow right through your hair, get yourself hey, Brett, the Lawnmower 4.0. You. you can't do it two times in a row. You can't do it. I need better from you every Did I day. say that yesterday? Yeah, you said that in the postgame show. Oh, I did not. See. It was a good transition, though. I have no, uh, my memory is that of a goldfish. <laughs> After ahead. 15 seconds, I don't remember. <laughs> but also, make sure you go get that lawnmower 4.0. Um, yeah, it cuts through like a dream. Shane loves it. Um, <laughs> so go get it. He endorses I'm sorry, it. I threw you off your he mojo. He endorses it. I don't know what else to say. I, I threw you off your mojo. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, it's okay. No, Manscaped, it's fantastic. It's got a, a sleek website design. Um, I just did my laundry yesterday and I was packing away all my clothes and stuff into the drawers and I saw those Manscaped boxers. I almost wore them today, but I decided to save it for a rainy day. Um, in case I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to work or I need coffee. Manscaped boxers, <laughs> they can be a substitute for coffee in the morning with how much breathing room you get down there. So it's next time, fantastic. Next time we have to do an early podcast and you say, I got to go get coffee. I'm going to tell you to just put your Manscaped boxers there we on go. instead. There we go. Um, yeah, right now you can hover to manscaped.com. Uh, use that promo code PHNX when you check out and you get 20% off and free shipping. That's right now at manscaped.com. Use that promo code PHNX. Get 20% off and free shipping. Yeah. Chippy P, we will come back to your comment in a second. We see it. We want you to know we see it. We're not ignoring you, I promise. Deceptively quick, low tone Capone. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> not sneaky fast because that's, su- that, that's, that's such a stereotype. Okay, let's move on. Um, Utah. Let's talk Utah. Or no, we just talked Utah. Uh, yeah, uh, Washington. Washington. So uh, they're both. They both have their a letter as their look. Yeah. It's, it's a Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> it's a Tuesday. Anyways. <laughs> Sam Heward. 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 Is it Heward or Heward? I don't know. I just said it twice. I can't even speak way. English half the time and say my own name right. I so don't see ask him. me. Five star recruit, true freshman, Dylan Morris somehow has hundred twenty two point eight. Is that right? Yeah, hundred twenty two point eight QBR. And he's thrown eight interceptions and only eight touchdowns. I don't know how that works. University of Washington seems to have no sort of offensive identity as a team. They can't get things going. They can't seem to uh, get defensive stops that they need to get. Before we Um, get get too serious, have you been to Seattle's campus? No, I've heard it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. It's right on the water and... I I was just wondering if, if, if there was a monster in Lake Washington... 
what would you name it? And should that change? Should it change to the mascot? Or should the husky be kicked out for a Lake Washington monster? Yes, for changing the, the, the mascot. That would be sick. Yeah. I would imagine it as a really nice person. See, I imagine it being like this big-ass octopus or squid or something. Yeah, yeah like, like a kraken. <laughs> oh, the Seattle kraken's already seen. Um, I would imagine it being a really large man. Dude, oh my gosh. Okay, wait. <laughs> you know when you go to Washington, how they're always like, oh yeah, Bigfoot. Yeah. Like, make it make their mascot be bigfoot that was one of the names that the kraken almost put as their that was um, the, in the final four voting was the sasquatch is, i think in that the in Seattle that sasquatch what's that one commercial daryl we'll name him daryl where they're oh, like hey yeah. is it a beef bigfoot. jerky and beef he's jerky? like my name's daryl yeah yeah those <laughs> are so good those are so good um yeah the kraken um I, well, I don't know what I'd name him. Probably, yeah, Daryl. Yeah, Daryl the Sea Monster, the the Washington Daryls. They even could have done like one of those really big swordfish fish. A marlin, or swordfish. Yeah, swordfish. it's the same thing. Yeah, like but like named it like something like sharp. <laughs> okay, let's get off it. Uh, that was fun for a little bit. Uh, let's talk um, Washington a little bit. This is another team that what the hell happened? Um, they, they were they were highly thought of coming I thought into they the were going to finish second in and, the Pac-12 North and doo-doo buns they were after the first game um and they haven't been they able to get they lost to Montana yeah oh and I was defending God. them I feel I feel wronged I was defending them after that first game I was like you know Montana is this D2 school that's not super bad they have a good defense and a good coach no sh- they're terrible I'm sorry Washington I can't do it anymore um yeah at this point, when, when is the point that you kind of throw everything away and be like, let's start the true freshman. Let's start the five-star recruit. I feel like they're going to wait until after they get past week eight. They also might just redshirt him. I think that might be the... He also might transfer. Dude, I, f- I feel like I have no idea what's going on with Washington. I feel like, quite honestly, from the outside looking in, it seems like Washington is not doing much with their football program. Um, and honestly, it doesn't really seem like they're doing a whole lot of um, trying. Yeah, that sounds bad, but I almost feel like under Jimmy Lake, instead of the recruiting um, and I improving, like Lake. I feel like they've almost gotten a little bit more timid in the, the kids that they're offering and the, the kids that they are pulling in aren't necessarily as high of a caliber of recruit. Yeah. Uh, so this was this was something I said after um, their second loss, I believe. Um, uh, I was mentioning that. Who are, I mean, the, the in week one, fans were already saying, F this, like, to take Del Morse out. Let's, let's just go down the the, fr- the true freshman path. And Jimmy Lake was like, no, no. I mean, yeah, the quarterback competition sometimes is tough in practice, but the fans don't see what he sees. Um, last night or yesterday during their media availability, he quoted saying, we are nowhere near that point right now for a quarterback change. Um, he also believes they're one or two plays away from being 3-0 and in conference, which, sure, I guess... But, yeah, I, I I think we might see Heward at the end of the season if he if tensions aren't too or the emotions aren't too high. But you know, I, I don't know. I, nobody knows what's going on there. Yeah, it's hard to figure out what Washington really is going to end up doing with. The I rest feel like of we're the saying year. that about everybody, but that's just the well, because that's why. Well, that's why we're doing why we're a doing state doing of the conference address. Um, so yeah, they, they really aren't your dad's Huskies. They're not the Huskies of the past. They're not the Huskies that used to be, um, incredibly dominant in the pac 10. Um, they're just not the same team. And I am going to say the same thing about Oregon. This Oregon team is supposed to be the best team in the conference without a doubt. Um, and they are arguably just as inconsistent as Arizona state. They They might have been able to pull off a win because I think they are a more disciplined, um, and definitely a more talented overall team. Prestigious as well. (laughs) Uh, yes, but also, but they're not, they don't look great. I mean, let's, they, they they barely beat Cal. They were able to pull away. The the only reason why they beat Cal was because, uh, uh, Cal missed, uh, Two receivers wide open in the end zone. Like the, there were two plays mm-hmm. in that in that last drive uh, when they uh, were driving to end the game with like no time left. Mm-hmm. There were two guys wide open in the end zone and, and on two separate plays, and that's the only reason why they won that game was because those throws were missed. And so yeah, I mean you look at what Oregon, the, the fact that they almost lost to Cal like that, which we'll get to Cal next, um, or not necessarily next, but we're coming up on them. Um, 
they also lost CJ Verdell, which isn't great for their offense. I mean, they have a lot of stars. They're, supp- they're always supposed to be such a deep team. They're supposed to be deep, but I feel like <clears throat> as soon as they get a little bit banged up, things start going out the window for them. Um, I just feel like they're struggling, but this team is like ASU. You've seen them play really great when they're able to put everything together. Like the game against Ohio State was a night and day difference from their opening game against Fresno State that they barely were able to squeak by and pull out. Mm. So, you know, you look at a team like Oregon, who no one's really going to talk about how inconsistent they are. Everyone loves to talk about how inconsistent Arizona State is because it's things like penalties that end up screwing them. But um, Oregon is arguably just as inconsistent as ASU, um, and they are supposed to be the better team. So I don't necessarily feel the greatest when the face of your conference is having the, yeah. <laughs> the problems like that. Um, for this next one, Leah, can you play the, the chunker, chunker party horn or the bike horn, whatever it is? Yeah, like the little... No, the, no, the bike one. Welcome to U of A football, everybody. Uh they should just trash their program. Become the Pack 11 at this point. Just throw the whole thing away. It's bad. Just 18, can it. 18 straight. I mean, here's the other here's why it's bad too. You spent all that money last year buying out Kevin Sumlin, right? And you already gave Kevin Sumlin a huge contract because mm-hmm. you thought he was going to be the home run hire. And I will be one of the first people to say that back in the day I thought Kevin Sumlin was going to um end up being a better hi- hire I was than Vernon Edwards. Too. I was and I I said that I am so glad that I was wrong on that one. If anyone wants to pull up one of my hot takes exposed, that's one of them. I, that was a really, really bad hot take that he was going to end up being better than Herm. But nonetheless, you can't lose 18 consecutive games, right? Um, and still have a coaching change that's going on in the middle of that. And then under the new head coach, like, I mean, I get it. There's going to be some sort of um, struggles, but y- you have so much attrition. So many people quit the team last year. You're posting on Twitter to have open <laughs> tryouts me. for anybody who has remaining years of eligibility that wants to come and try out. Uh, you you can't figure out who you wanted to have start at quarterback, and when you finally feel like you get it figured out, he gets injured. You go back to your backup plan. He gets injured. So now you have the uh, two, your two top quarterbacks are out, so now you're down to your third-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um with an offense that can't produce and defense that can't seem to stop anybody. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not getting better. Either. It's not looking good. So that's the other thing. Um, at this point, you have a team like Arizona, who is absolutely the worst team in college football right now. <laughs> um, and that's why I kind of want to talk about Oregon and Arizona together. You have the team that's supposed to be the face of the conference that can't get their shit together and is, um, you know, very inconsistent and then you have arizona who literally cannot do anything yeah i mean it shows you the. it's like that's the pac-12 conference in a nutshell yep exactly um uh, but it's hard. there are bright spots around the conference uh, i mean oregon they almost lost to cal but they're back in the top five <laughs> i mean they're in the top five but he, my, my biggest concern I know, I know. I, i'm 100 on board because i you. don't want people to look at them and see them ranked that high and then have them go out there and do absolutely nothing and yeah. then it just starts well the whole conversation about how shitty the pack is before we get to cal bottom line it's hard to win in conference games regardless oh 100 but i agree with you they don't look like a top five team they don't even look like a top 10 team right now um we'll we'll, we'll see what happens uh going forward moving forward i mean that's all we can really do uh as we have no actual say in this but yeah <laughs> let's talk cal uh justin wilcox was supposed to have <laughs> quite a year last year i know the pandemic kind of stomped on some things uh this year has not gone how they were hoping it was no. going to go offense they can't seem to find um something that's really working for them i mean they're putting points on the board but And it's not like they're having a ton of super high-scoring games. Their one high-scoring game against uh, TCU, I think, was a little bit odd because both defenses put up a ton, or both defenses allowed a bunch of points, and both are supposed to be a defensively-minded team. Mm -hmm. Um, But it ended up being a close game still anyways. Um, Well, I mean, the odds were stacked against them. Cal hasn't beaten a top-10 team on the road since, I think, the 60s. Um, Oregon has had won 15 straight at Autzen. Like, it, it would have been impressive. Oh, that would have been a huge win And, for and it still was impressive, the fact that it came that close. Um, um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's crushing what, as well. It's just not what um, I should think have won. Justin Wilcox or his coaching staff were necessarily yeah. anticipating from this year. And like I said at the beginning of the year, I think it all really does factor back to 
them being um, up in that area of California that did have a, a lot of uh, COVID restrictions yeah. early on and uh, really kept the team apart for quite some time. I think it's it's really starting to be well, something Tom that you're seeing. Capone has the best uh, has the best comments. This whole thing cracks right? me up. <laughs> Speaking of the Ducks and uh, you, terrible. One thing. <laughs> he should have. One thing I didn't touch on: um, Oregon still has to play uh, Utah and UCLA on the road. Yeah, so and those are going to be two hard games those, for them. That, that, you, that's where you're going to see what this team truly can do. If they can go into both of those places and win convincingly, totally different story. Here. I'm going to call it right now that I think Utah punches that would the be Ducks fun. in the face again. Good. That would be a good one for uh, ASU. I'm going to have to say I think if 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 Utah ends up winning out in the pack this year, which I could very realistically see happening. Um, it makes the loss look a lot less bad yeah, in the long run. For sure. Um, but, you know, just like Cal, a team that is a very defense-minded team but can't seem to get anything going offensively, is Colorado. But I think Colorado is uh, in a little deeper than Cal is in terms of not being able to get things going. They have Brendan Rice from Arizona, one of the best receivers you could possibly have but their quarterback just is not a very He's good scared quarterback. to throw the ball downfield yeah and i mean at least colorado has defense that's able to keep them in the game um but they gotta get their shit together offensively and figure out what they're doing i mean they made usc look like usc 37 14 was the loss um, obviously they beat a peewee league team yeah. last week in, in arizona 34 to nothing um but that doesn't really show i mean the offense did look better but I mean, everything needs to be taken with a grain of salt when you're talking about a game against Arizona. So I'm not even going to touch on that. Yeah, there's a bunch of weird things going on with this Colorado team. Uh, mm-hmm. Good that the fans got to see that win at least. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't really know what to make of this team, just like a lot of things in the Pac-12. Yeah, well, then you have Arizona State, which has the NCAA investigation going on. Um, they also cannot seem to play consistently. That was put on full effect against Utah. They absolutely just went up there and melted, just disintegrated. Absolutely could not do anything out there um, in the second half. Couldn't get stops, couldn't wrap up, couldn't tackle, couldn't offensively get the ball going, Like couldn't decide what they were going to do. Um, couldn't get special teams to uh, get a field goal even. So, you know, it's... it's, it's, an, it's couldn't score in the second half. I got issued. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, the, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can feel your heart rate going up. At the end of the day, this team has a bye week, as we said at the right time. Yeah, um, it, it'll get a chance for this team to regroup. Hopefully, Chase Lucas and DJ Davidson will be okay to play. Um, but yeah, we're over it. We're past it now as a as ASU. But. But yeah. the one thing to mention, and I feel like probably because we're around the team a lot. Um, and it's not something that they talk about as much, obviously, because they don't want to. It's not a bright spot. But that NCAA investigation is lurking over them. It is something that uh, the rest of the NCAA is talking about. Um, and, I mean, it's kind of just looming there at this point. They haven't had any uh, sort of conversations with the staff still at this point. Nothing's it's, been set up. Nothing's been scheduled. It's like how you uh, how you clean your room when you're a kid. I still clean my room like this. You just kind of kick it under the bed. Yeah. Ew, so, oh, Prentice Gill, something, something. Okay, kick him under the bed the like he's gone. Whatever. The bed. Um, but I, I just feel like there is this lingering sense with Antonio Pierce of what the future is going to yeah. hold, more so than with Herm Edwards. But that brings us into our question of the day it does and it does. can you bring that up leah our question of the day is do you think asu should enact a self-imposed bull ban if they fail to qualify for a new Year's six bowl this is something that has been speculated i don't think there's any legitimacy to this yet um it's just more of a question for you guys mm-hmm. if they could get this out think. of the way right now this is this is how we should if they could get this out of the way right now do you think they should take the bull ban if they're not in a new Year's six bowl if that was the case and it was like, oh, pick which year you want, 100%, get it out of the way if you're not going to make a New Year's Six Bowl. But I don't know. I mean, I just don't think it's realistic that they have control of it. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's not going to matter if they do a self-imposed bowl ban this year anyways. If the NCAA wants to really drop the hammer, they're going to drop the hammer and they're still going to have another bowl ban in the future. So don't screw yourself out of the opportunity to get exposure, to, to make a little bit more uh, money for the university mm-hmm. in terms of whatever you might get from the broadcast and, you know, get Make your students out there for... and play one more game together as a team while you still have everyone here. How many people came back this year to, yeah. to get one last year of playing time? 
make a little more money for Michael Crow. You know, when I was a student at ASU, uh, I had a working conspiracy theory that Michael Crow was an anamorph, that he could transform into a crow because his last name's Crow. He might be able to. He's a very unpleasant person. I like Michael Crow. I don't. Let's talk UCLA and Oregon State. Kind of the same team. They're both a little strange. Um, yeah. I don't know. One team has a really good quarterback. One team has a quarterback. <laughs> uh, I don't really know what to make of Oregon State. I don't really all. know either. All I can say is they are progressing. They're moving forward, which was really the main goal of the Oregon State program. They were so bad for so long that I feel like they're just trying to, I know this is kind of a pun, but quote unquote, rebuild the dam there. It's not kind of a pun. That was a pun. Whatever. I, I kind of liked it, though. Well, they're trying to rebuild the dam. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like uh, for them, Isn't it so cool their progress they, is... How they slap with their tails. Sorry. God. I mean, I just feel like it's good. They're have, they have their progress that they're making. Um, it might not be the, a sprint to the finish line, but Oregon State fans seem to be pleased. Um, they're, they're not No, they're definitely not sprinting. They're, they're light jogging and they're raincoat waving to their neighbors on a on a rainy hey but that's the oregon state vibe if you're an oregon state fan you probably are okay with the fact that your football team is not a really great championship (laughs) caliber football team but it's doing what it is i mean the loss to washington state sucks that game was such a toss-up um so that kind of stalls what they were doing i mean after big wins against usc at yeah and then washington state fires their coach anyways yeah it's just strange um they're gonna host utah um uh, this weekend. Yeah, back to A sucks. I agree, low tone Capone. <laughs> Leah wasn't going to put that up, but then I said it out loud, so she had to. Um, but yeah, th- they're going to have to host Utah, who's fired up after a win against ASU. That's going to be a fun game to watch, I think. It uh, is. I, I, I want to see. I'm going to look at what the line is right now on DraftKings. I'm sure it'll move before we do our Pac 12 picks. But that's a strange game to me because you, you get the home, home field advantage if you're. Oregon State, but mm-hmm. you're they're they're also bringing in a team that's really good at home. They've showed, but have had a rough to the start to the season. I think they're catching a Utah team that's really hit their stride right now. Clearly, uh, and nothing is scarier than a hot team going into the last couple of weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. So I, I expect Utah to win pretty handily there. But the line right now on DraftKings yeah. Sportsbook is Utah by three only. That's it. Yep. Nah. Yeah, but they said Utah by one for Arizona State. We both thought, <laughs> we both thought ASU was going to win, so that's true. <laughs> um, all right. Well, do we want to? We touch- missed one other team. We skipped over them, and it is Stanford. That is the last remaining team we didn't touch on. And Stanford had a little bit of a wild start to the season themselves. But the thing is with Stanford is they are not a team that ever has a lot of depth. They have to be very solid with the number of kids that they offer to, like. If they're going to give a kid an offer, they have to be pretty sure that he's going to commit to it. They're not a team that just floats out like 500 offers mm-hmm. um, each year. You know, they a lot of the kids that they end up extending an offer to do end up committing there because of the academic uh, courses that they have to have already completed in order to even get that offer. So um, they're a weird team because they don't have a lot of depth. But their kids are really, really smart and, and good at football. And they're capable of winning, as they yes. did to Oregon. And the only thing that they might be known as now is the team that kept Oregon out of the college football playoff. If somehow some stuff happens and Alabama sneaks in, whatever. Um, they got a bye week right now. They're going to host Washington uh, the day before Halloween. Uh, so that'll be an interesting matchup. That game is strange to me. I don't. I just these these games that I thought I would be so excited for at the start of the year, folks. They're like, oh, I just don't care anymore. I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to want to watch Washington at Stanford. It just is. Yeah, I'll probably like periodically look for little clips of updates. I'll watch it. I just I don't really care for it. Um, okay, well that about wraps up the state of the pack. Let's talk some. I need a Bible. Are we gonna swear ourselves in? Mm-hmm. We should swear ourselves in as the president and vice president of PHNX because we're better than Derek being no, the we're mayor. Not. No, I am. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm better than Derek is the I'm mayor. Gonna, I'm going to cut that clip. Fight me, Derek. Fight um, me. All right. Well, let's talk um, about GoPHNX before we talk about the, the Pac-12 rumors. Okay. So <laughs> head over to GoPHNX right now. Become a member. You can see everything we have on the site. There's lots of good stuff up there for the Sun Devils right now. Sleeping Giant Story Part 3 should be coming today. Had to get a little bit more uh, edit 
uh, editing, I should say, a little bit more editing done on it before it went up yesterday. Um, so it should be up today. You also have access to everything that we have um, for every other <laughs> podcast. Shane's lactating on himself again. Um, and, uh, you know, Water. we have a super awesome Coyotes team. They were out yesterday. They did a live show from... Yeah, that show was yeah, gosh from darn awesome. Gila River Arena after the Coyotes' unfortunate loss. But our producer, Leah, was holding it down, looking hot, being the lone girl on there. Carrying strong for us ladies. So shout out to Leah. But yeah, just go over there. Lots of great content um, all across the board. If you want to read up on the undefeated Cardinals, you can also do that. Um, Leah, I got something that you can put behind the paywall. Next time something like that happens where they get scored on, scored five times on in five minutes, you should just have your phone right here. So it's like <laughs> depression hitting your face. I think I'd love to. I'd pay to see that. Um, but yeah. That's so mean. I would do that for U of A fans. But. <laughs> all right. Let's well, I guess that's Leah too, so never mind. Let's get into the Pac-12. Um, <laughs> let's talk rumors. I hate talking rumors. I like this. I know you do. I like talking rumors because I like to get the conversation going. Because yeah. I feel like here's where we can go back and forth, kind of bicker a little bit, and mm -hmm. let our minds. Oh, I'm not saying I'm not going to enjoy wander. it. I just I'm just scared. So, rumor number one: Spencer Rattler, <laughs> former quarterback at Pinnacle High School here in Phoenix, was an absolute standout when he was here. Um, I want to say they did Resident a documentary on him what? with ESPN. No? Yeah, they did. Uh, QB1, he was on. Um, <laughs> he, he, yeah, uh, Pinnacle standout. He was also very good at basketball when Nico Mannion was at Pinnacle. Um, so, yeah, the, yeah, it's not out of the question that he would come he... to Arizona to play football. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it happening. I think he's too talented. Well, we didn't even get to finish talking about it yet, who he is. So, he is also the quarterback at Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. a backup though. He was uh, widely Netflix thought of. Netflix special, thank you, buddy. Okay, so it was Netflix. So he was widely thought of as someone who was going to get the starting position. Now that he doesn't have it, very irritated for a long time. And I wanted to, I, I wanted to bring this up because this is something I've been hearing from a different end of the uh, reporting spectrum than I think a lot of my other peers. Because um, there's a little bit of a divide, I feel like, between most high school sports reporters and college sports reporters. Um, a lot of times... There's not a lot of crossover unless you work somewhere like uh, AZ Central where you have um, your whole team working together. So I freelance and I've been to quite a few high schools this year and talked to quite a few people. And the rumor mill among the high school scene <laughs> is that Spencer Rattler is supposed to be transferring to the University of Arizona or has been considering transferring there. Um, Does he hate himself? I don't know. <laughs> But that was what I've been hearing for probably like the last four weeks now. Um, on the low. I would be shocked. On the low. That's been what's on the low. Um, today, for the first time, I heard speculation that uh, Arizona State is one of his choices that would be a great fit for him. Um, so this, this, this is what I can't get past. Here's my question, though. Does he even transfer to the pack? Does he even transfer? He can go pro. I mean, that, isn't that such a better place to be than than you I don't think or he goes pro yet I think he transfers to a different pro. college uh, he, I, okay he might he definitely might get his draft stock higher for sure but I'm saying I think he would way before he transfers to an Arizona school he would go pro I, I think that's what on the bottom part of his I could be wrong he could go to NAU um, I say he's more likely to transfer here's why both of these options make sense when it comes to Arizona State he would fit in very well with the young receiver core that they have there um, in terms of he would be just about their age. I feel like he would have a lot of time to continue. Well, not a lot of time, but he would have time to continue developing with them in the spring. And um, they're not really. Where does Jaden go? Jaden stays. So he plays behind. So Jaden plays behind him. No, Jaden. OK, so if Jaden stays, I've heard this is an option. If Jaden also decides to go enter the draft, doesn't stay for another yeah. year. Right. So if Jaden does leave and Spencer Rattler comes in, he would more than likely get the starting spot. That's a good, but, yeah, I, that's a that's a that's a really good analogy. Um, the yeah. only thing the only thing I would say about that Tua comment is I was never that high on Tua um, because he was coming out uh, coming into the NFL. He was known as this accurate guy, um, and obviously, Bama receivers make you look good, especially if you're accurate throwing the football. If you're just known as an accurate quarterback in college football, there is a very low ceiling because you can only go so many places. Spencer Rattler has a super high ceiling. He's a shorter guy. Um, but he's super quick. Dynamic. Um, he, has too. A, he has a great arm. He reminds me a lot of uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's not doing that great, but uh, I, 
I think is a little higher ceiling than Tua. I like the off-brand Tua um, thing. I think if he came out right now, that's definitely his ceiling. Um, but if he decides to stay, I don't think he's going to stay because Caleb Williams looked really good against TCU. Um, but well, then the question is, or I guess not the question, but the reasoning why I could see him also deciding to go to the University of Arizona is because they have done so well in trying to lure in these. Arizona kids to come back and play here and I don't know what their mentality or what they're saying to them is other than like hey come here and we're gonna win and clearly it's not working but um I mean I think that he might go there too though because he would have the opportunity to be the man like if he went to school at the University of Arizona he would be the man I would be the man (laughs) yeah I'm kidding what's more what's more what's uh what's more possible Spencer Rattler transfers to U of A or there's actually a sea monster in like Washington I'm going to go with the latter. I just don't see it. That, that, that's just, I just don't see it. I watched this TikTok the other day where it showed you how to kill a squid without anything. You just karate chop it. <laughs> that's some good information to have. Oh, actually, yeah. I, I, it turned it like white right away. Yeah, it, it was like, well, that's how you, um, when you catch squid, um, this is why we need that graphic. You separated when, it. When, like you, yeah, when you when you catch squid, that that kills them instantly. Yeah. So there's no pain. Yeah, you like karate chop okay, its neck, and you go, and then its head. Yeah, it is turns crazy. White, yeah. And then you move down like an inch or so, then they, and then <laughs> okay. their body turns white. It's so cool. Um. All right. Next one. Um. What else we got? Ed Ordron. Oh. So. Hey do guys, you I want to come back to the pack. Do you think? Well, here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing. Does Everything come full circle, and does he make a return to USC? He was pissed when they looked over him for that USC head coaching jobs in years past. And now, granted, he went on, he won a national title. In my opinion, I think that's better for him. Now he has stock there in terms of like, hey, hire me, especially if USC wants to get them back to prominence. But my question is, does he want to go to USC? He might. But the thing is, I don't know if there's going to be as big of a market as people think for him i mean different school i mean usc might take a chance on him uh some other schools that i think aren't, he ends up going to be back going back to being a defensive coordinator or yeah something. because i mean this is the thing he he's exactly as you said he's a defensive coordinator guy uh defensive minded guy the reason why they won that national championship was because they had one of the best offenses in college football if not the best offense in college football i mean you, yeah. you think of the name it was Mar chase justin insane. jefferson joe burrow uh you had you had so many so many talented guys and I don't think a lot of that was him. So I, I I don't think he's a great coach. He's a he's a he's a very inspiring guy. He's a fun guy. I like him as a person. I don't know how much he had to do with the fifty plus touchdowns Joe Burrow threw. That's just my opinion. I mean, they the the, the faith is lost in that program. Uh, there were no fans at their game last week. It was bad. Uh, actually, their stadium filled up pretty quick after they kicked off. I felt like because I saw video from inside and it looked pretty full. But I did see before the game, and I was shocked because normally everyone at LSU gets into the stadium 20 minutes before to see the band do the silent entrance, um, and they didn't do that. But the thing I think is going to be interesting with Ed Orgeron, too, is you know if anything ends up happening with Antonio Pierce, mm-hmm. do you think that they end up trying to swoop in and take him? No, I, I he gets a head coaching job somewhere. I don't think he goes back to being a coordinator. I think you think so? Yeah, I think he's gotten the taste. I mean, he he won a he won a national championship at a head coaching level. Even even as I said, it might not have been as much to do with him. He still has that under his belt. I don't think he could go back because he will get head coaching offers from a lot of schools. It just depends, you know, how high the level of talent is at that school. I I think he stays a head coach. I don't know where he goes, um, but maybe he comes back to the back. See, I've read that he was saying um, he's having issues getting his mindset out of being a defensive coordinator and being an Mm -hmm. overall head coach, which is why I I think if he does decide to continue coaching, it's not something that's off like the table because I think he might. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The the thing I meant is uh, I I thought you were framing it as if like, do you think he doesn't get a a head coach? Oh, no, no, no. I think he might personally just choose to go back to being a defensive coordinator. Cool. Yeah, maybe. So I, I think I it will be interesting to watch. Um, yeah. And in that case, you know, where he ends up going. Uh-huh. So, um, All right. Well, let's get to our last topic. Um, Keaton Slovis, Jackson Dart. We touched on it a little bit. Um, what do you think happens? I actually think Keaton Slovis transfers. I think they keep Jackson Dart. I think Keaton Slovis had that little bit of a game where they pulled him out and put Jackson Dart in. 
um, and, and Jackson Dart exploded. And I think it's going to be the same exact thing that Keaton Slovis did to JT Daniels that Jackson Dart is going to do to Keaton Slovis. And here's where I think Keaton Slovis is actually going to go is I think Keaton Slovis is going to be the one that transfers to the University of Arizona. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, as we said, Scottsdale, born and raised. And that's why I think that yeah. they're going to, I, I think U of A's football staff is not going anywhere. They know that, I mean, they're going to want to get rid of them. They might get rid of some of the, the, the coordinators, fire some of the, like the graduate assistants that they really don't pay people that they just assist the team um, and they have to perform for them to continue mm -hmm. working with them. But um, yeah, I, I think, I think that the U of A coaching staff knows for the most part that they're going to still be there next year. They got a lot of work to do. Um <laughs> They clearly have not found their answer at quarterback. Um, they're still looking for somebody. They're trying to lure in all of these Arizona kids. Uh, if they were to bring Keaton Slovis here, he does have connections. His family would be able to watch him play. It's something they could uh, bounce off of. Um, he's familiar with a lot of the other kids that are on that team from seeing them throughout the years playing football, seven-on-seven, seven, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I I honestly could see Arizona being a destination that he winds up at. I think this next week is going to be telling um, for what happens. I mean, they, they play Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. uh, and it sounds like Keaton Slovis is going to start that game. So if he goes out and looks like what people expected him to look like, I don't think there's a shot at transfers, especially if they win that game. If they find a way to win that game against USC or against Notre Dame. I, I don't, don't think they do. I don't think they do either. I'm not saying they do. I'm saying if he plays well, I don't think he transfers. Yeah, but I don't. I if don't he shits think the bed, if he shits the bed in the first half and gets pulled again, then then I think it, it's a possibility. But he could play catch with Gronk at the spring game, except for they like to drop footballs out of helicopters because apparently they just fall right out of the sky. They don't get thrown at you from a quarterback. <laughs> they just fall straight down, free fall. Um, all right. Um, but well, yeah, that Notre Dame team, going back to that, just one yeah, last thing to yeah. touch on. It's not the same Notre Dame team they're that frauds. you've seen in years past. They're, they're not frauds. super they're strong. They're number 13 and they're frauds. I really don't think that they should be ranked 13th overall. No. Um, not that I'm saying USC is a good team, but I feel like this game. I think it'll be a closer game. I think, yeah, I think it will be a closer game for USC. I think they'll be able to hang a little bit more than if it was a normal Notre Dame team. Um, but this USC team, I feel like, is basically the same USC team you see almost every other year. They're just going through. Um, some more outside stuff that's distracting them a little bit. Mm -hmm. Did you hear me just say that with the Canadian accent? I don't know why that just came out like that. <laughs> outside stuff? Well, um, well, before we end, I'd be remiss to not bring up the wonderful DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, I'm going to go check that line on um, DraftKings right now for the USC game and see what I would like. Uh, Britt, can you tell people exactly how fun the DraftKings Sportsbook app is? The DraftKings Sportsbook app is super fun. It's really, really easy. You log in. I will tell you, though, it's super annoying because you have to keep logging in. After like 10 minutes, you have to re-log in because they don't want anyone to like bet anything for you. But, but, but so that's a good thing. Safe, secure, and reliable. It is safe, secure, and reliable. That's where I was going. If you're a parent and you set your phone down, you'll never have to worry about your kid picking up your phone and putting money on a bet. Um, that you didn't you'll never have to worry about your kid picking up your phone and betting on U of A. Yeah, um, you'll never line, have to worry about the that The line mistake. on DraftKings Sportsbook right now is USC plus seven. Um, so Notre Dame is favored. Uh, Over-under is 57. Um, it's obviously at Notre Dame, um, which I thought the line would be a little higher. We'll, we'll see. It should be a, an interesting game. I don't think I'm going to bet on that. But if you guys want to bet on that, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use that promo code PHNX when mm -hmm. you sign up. Um, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you get $200 in free bets. We Easy. agree, Mac. Notre Dame has been a fraud since 2013. Yeah. Even Arizona State beat them with Todd Graham. <laughs> um, actually, that could be a whole talking point in itself. <laughs> Was Todd Graham actually the best right, coaching hire that they've had? All right, Grandma, we need to get you to bed. No, no, no. Honestly, look at his overall Winner, winner, record. chicken dinner. Even when you Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use Dennis that promo Erickson. code PHNX. Get your $200 in free bets when you place just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and they do. You're just mad because you hate having to hear that. It's DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. <laughs> Download it now. Um, it was a fun show. Good it show. Fun. Good state of the union or state of the pack. State of the, state of the conference. State of the Shane. I'm the president, so... Say I'm, the Pledge um, of Allegiance, right? No. I don't um, know. Okay. <laughs> uh, we will be back for an audio episode tomorrow, dropping around the same time at 3.30. Mm -hmm. We also have an audio episode on Thursday, dropping the same time at 3.30. We will be live for Friday Fun Day as well. I'm sure there will be another cheese pick. Um, there will definitely be I don't know which pick. game it will be on. Maybe, maybe the Washington game. Who cares? We'll figure that out when we get there. Uh, we will be... 
previewing the game that is not happening this weekend. Um, maybe we can make up a fake game that happens this weekend. Maybe ASU plays the Ghostbusters in uh, Battle of the Ages. Uh, but yeah, join us on Friday right here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. You can follow me Thanks, at Shane Thanks, Low Tone Deef. Capone. Appreciate you. You can follow me at Shane Deef. You can follow Brittany at bboyer07 on Twitter. You can follow us at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. Um, go to go PHNX. We got some good content there. And we appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of the PHNX Sun Devils podcast. It was been fun. Peace.